1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Points. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today. Final show for 2023. Bob Kemp in the Sports Zone returning January 2nd. The Extra Point following suit on January 3rd. But it is Friday. It is December 15th. That means it's a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's, not your normal meat market, craft beer, wine, spirits, and amazing treats for your four-legged friends. Pay them a visit at 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. The weekend specials for you, certified Angus Beef Choice Grill Steak at $14.99 a pound, fresh all-natural pork country-style ribs at $3.99 a pound, and the 8-ounce boneless chicken skewers, butcher's blend, or rosemary garlic at 2 for $12. Plus, if you're needing some holiday ideas for what to put on the table upcoming here in the next couple of weeks, visit them at 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. Let's set the scene, though, with today's poll questions and get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question here. Who do you have Sunday in Glendale? Cardinals plus 12.5, 49ers minus 12.5. The masses remain on the Cardinals side of things to the tune of 74% of the vote. 49ers sitting at 26%. That's a question we officially answer today around 1230. Tossing it on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060, a big time early matchup in college hoops. U of A and Purdue, number one, U of A, number two, Purdue. So who wins Saturday in Indianapolis? U of A leading the way at 56.3% of the vote. Purdue, 43.8%. That's on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Another question that we answer around 1230. We'll pave the way around 1215 for Kyle Soppy of the uh, Pro Football Network. Network. He'll be joining us for our NFL prop bet discussion, but we'll continue with Friday spread and we'll continue with the Sunday slate of games and we'll go to the Bears and the Browns here. The Bears plus three Browns minus three over under sitting at 38 and a half. The question that seemingly is popping up here, do we believe in Justin Fields now? 19 of 33, 223 yards, one touchdown last week. 27 of 37, 217 yards the week before. Interestingly enough, though, the Bears did make a move at the trade deadline and they brought in Montez Sweat. With Montez Sweat, this Bears defense now ranks fourth in total yards, fourth in passing yards, and sixth in rushing yards allowed. The Bears did, however, lose Yannick Nagakwe to a broken ankle last week. Also, in two games for the Browns, Joe Flacco has already thrown as many touchdown passes that uh, went for 20 or more yards than all other Browns quarterbacks combined for the past two seasons. That number sits at four. And nobody should be surprised about this. We've been saying this for years, whether it be with Baltimore or the Jets or with the Browns. He just heaves it down the field and see how you know, see how it goes. And they've certainly been successful so far this year with Cleveland doing that. Back to Chicago for a second. 
Uh, yeah, Jai, Justin Fields, it'll be interesting to see if he runs this week because he quit running last week after he took, took a couple of hellacious shots, and that's been a problem in his whole career at Ohio State and the Bears. He just doesn't know how not you, to avoid contact, basically. He takes He's taken more big hits in the college and the NFL in the last five years than any quarterback, to my, to my knowledge at least. And, uh, you know, it just seems like a clean shot all the time when he gets hit. Uh, you mentioned uh, the, the Ngakwe injury is a really big deal here. I wonder how much is going to make a big difference here. Cleveland 6-1 and one at home. That's largely because their defense has been phenomenal at home and really bad on the road for the most part. However, Grant Delpit, the leading tackler and also a really good pass defender at safety, is out, uh, and he's out for the rest of the regular season. Uh, they have a de- defensive uh, pass rusher whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce is also out. Denzel Ward is still not back. They expected him to play last week, but he didn't. So he missed now two games and might miss a third. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. But you know, the Browns at home, I'm not going against them at home. And uh, we'll see what happens with Justin Fields. If he continues to play this well, though, uh, they should be able to trade him in the offseason and draft a real quarterback. Uh, the Chiefs and the Patriots. Chiefs minus eight and a half. Patriots plus eight and a half. Over under sitting at thirty-seven. Did Bailey Zappi figure anything out in this offense last week, or will they feed Ezekiel Elliott and run the football? We've spent a lot of time discussing the Kansas City Chiefs and the woes that they're experiencing on offense and, you know, the drop passes and things of that nature, some silly mental mistakes, but also here maybe along the lines of mental mistakes. uh, The Chiefs have 52 offensive penalties this season. That's 17 more than they had all of last regular season. Well, and I've been saying this for weeks, and I finally saw somebody in the NFL Network mention it yesterday. This offensive line, including the three studs in the middle, have not played nearly as well as a year ago. And we've all pointed out the drop passes, which is obvious, and there's no doubt there. And then you know, last week, of course, Donovan Smith, the left tackle, who hasn't been great, uh, didn't play at all, and the backup was not good at all. Uh, you know, in uh, Isaiah Pacheco, their best runner with a shoulder injury, and he's a violent runner. He didn't play last week, so we'll see if. Uh, Last I looked yesterday, they were unlikely to play this week, it seemed, at least. So we'll see if that changes. As far as New England, uh, you know, Zeke, the, the best thing that New England's done on offense this year, and there's not much, is uh, that they've thrown, their, they've thrown the ball to the running backs, whether it be Stevenson or Zeke. And, you know, Zeke uh, certainly did some really good things last Thursday night or a week ago last night against the Steelers, and he was both in the passing and the running game. Uh, So we'll see what happens, but I don't care who the quarterback is. There is no quarterback on the New England roster. Uh, Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, The Commanders and the Rams here. Commanders plus six and a half. Rams minus six and a half. Over under sitting at 50 and a half. The Rams seem to be in on the run game with Kyrene Williams. Will they go back to that? But in addition to that here, the Commanders, they are last in the league at giving up big plays and yards to wide receivers. So have to think that that sets up nicely for Cooper Cup, who seems to be back and healthy considering his big game last week, as well as Puka Nakua. The Commanders rank second in sacks allowed with 58, but Sam Howell doesn't seem to have a problem. He slings it around often. Well, he has to because they're behind and he's running for his life all the time, too. And now Brian Robinson, who's their best running back, 
Uh, he's not going to. He's been officially declared out of this game on Sunday by the uh, by the Commanders today. Uh, also, Matthew Stafford has three or more touchdowns in three straight games, uh, so this just seems to fit uh, perfectly. I'm usually not completely thrilled about laying six and a half points in a game, but uh, the Rams are a good reason to do this. They should have won last week. They'd won three in a row before. I think that they blew that game last week at Baltimore against the Ravens. I think the, the Rams were the better team in that particular game pretty much from the start until the ill-fated punt return that lost them the game. Then we move to the Sunday afternoon contest that most eyeballs will be on with the Cowboys and the Bills. Uh, the Cowboys plus one and a half, Bills minus one and a half over under sitting at 50. Uh, this is a bad spot for Dallas, maybe coming off of their Philly win and traveling to Buffalo. I think last I saw it had like 85% chance of rain here. Uh, but maybe you could also say the same thing, that this is a bad spot for the Bills after a tough overtime lost to uh, Philadelphia and then their emotional crazy win in Kansas City. The Cowboys lead the NFL in first downs per game with 23.4 and in third down efficiency as well at 49.2%. Then in addition to that here, Josh Allen has really been getting James Cook involved. Especially in the passing game. Uh, you know, that's been the biggest change. Well, two things. One, the motion we talked about earlier this week. Uh, you know, the coordinator change with Dor with Brady in and Dorsey out. They've run a whole lot more motion, and it's been a whole lot more cook and a very little of uh, digs. And uh, that seems to be a good formula for them so far. Uh, actually, if the weather's okay, and wind included, you always got to remember the wind in Buffalo, whether it's June or whatever in the year. Wind in Buffalo is like the first thing I look at. I think this could be a very high-scoring game. Obviously, we don't have to get into the offenses too much, but their defense, defenses of both these teams are missing some key people. Jonathan Hankins, it seems unlikely that he's going to play for the Cowboys. He's their best run defender by far. He got hurt last week. And then, you know, the Bills defense has already had all kinds of injuries all year, including to arguably their three best defenders. And then last week, they lost Micah Hyde to a stinger and, uh, and Epinesa, one of their best pass rushers. Uh, he has a rib injury, and, they, and you know, Sean McDermott said that Hyde and Epinesa are both week-to-week. Week. Uh, he didn't mention day-to-day, -day, and then they haven't practiced this week, so I'm guessing unless there's some kind of miraculous come or turnaround in those guys that they're going to be able to uh, – I'm guessing they're not going to be able to play this week. So I think a high-scoring game, assuming there's not uh, you know big wins and uh, horrendous weather in Buffalo this week. Then we have the Ravens and the Jaguars for Sunday night. Ravens minus three, Jags plus three, over-under sitting at 42.5. The Jags have lost two games in a row now. Can the Jags get their run game going? Uh, you have what the Ravens' defense gave up to Kyrene Williams last week, so is there a potential opening there for Tra Trevor Etienne to, Travis Etienne to have a big game? Also wondering here, is this a spot for the Ravens where they came off of the overtime win against the Rams and might be looking ahead next week to traveling across the country to face the 49ers. Maybe, but they got to win because they're, you know, want to be the number one seed in the division in the conference, excuse me. And that's a really big deal. Uh, imagine, you know, look at them in Miami. I mean, look at the home field advantage, you know, considering the weather in January, 
Uh, you know, Baltimore playing at home is a really big deal. Miami playing at home may even be a bigger deal. So they can't afford to lose this game against an AFC opponent. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Jacksonville has been really bad at home this year. Remember, they won two games in London. Uh, so, you know, take those out. But they've lost three or four home games this year. They've been really, really statistically awful at home compared to what they've done on the road, which is kind of weird. But uh, we've seen a big enough sample size now. I think we can believe that that's an accurate thing. You know, the defense, uh, Jacksonville, has just been awful the last couple of games, and especially against tight ends. And Isaiah Likely, uh, you know, the Mark Andrews replacement, had a big game last week against the Rams. That he did. Uh, And then you also kind of have to wonder, too, is that OBJ connection with Lamar starting to heat up here? Yeah, he's been really good. Uh, OBJ has the last few weeks. And also, the I think the Ravens deserve a, deserve a ton of credit. Whoever, you know, I don't know who's in charge of the snap counts and so forth. But they've done an excellent job of managing the snaps for OBJ the whole year. And I think one of the reasons that he has been, you know, a real factor here in December. And, you know, snaps per game are pretty ordinary. But the production in those snaps has been extraordinary. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, PFNbetting.com, set to join us on the other side of the break as we break down uh, the NFL prop bets for Week 15. Looking forward to that on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point on this Friday, December 15th. KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. 12:20 here on KDUS AM 1060. It is the extra point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. Popping on out to the KDOS hotline for our NFL prop bet segment as we're getting ourselves ready for NFL Week 15 action. Kyle Soppy, uh, he's filling in for Brian Blewis today. Looking forward to catching up with Kyle once again. Kyle, though, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. Check out all of their work. Kyle, Bob, and Kayla, thanks for the time today. Yeah, of course. It's that time of year. It's the best time of year when it comes to the football season. What's not to like? That's a very true point right there. Uh, I like to usually typically start here with the uh, the home team and the Arizona Cardinals. They're welcoming in the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers are so hard to figure out props because they can hit you with a different guy every single week. And uh, you never really know who's going to be able to be that breakout player. But I did see something today that the Cardinals defense is giving up over 84 yards per game to wide receiver one of opposing teams. So can we look there at Brandon Ayuk over 66 and a half yards and then flipping it to uh, the 49ers side of things, missing several key defensive players. How does that fit into Kyler Murray being at 210 and a half passing yards yeah i think you could go either direction there the hard part with the 49ers is like you said who is their wide receiver one debo samuel obviously been getting a lot of work in the running game in the short passing game making plays down the field so instead of going that direction i'd be tempted to go with your cardinals here trey mcbride you guys have a defined number one option it's not a receiver it's your young tight end i mean his total right now at 40 and 49 and a half receiving yards He's got 41 catches over his last five games. You're looking at a San Fran team that rarely blitzes. So that means Kyler Murray, to your point earlier, is going to go to his number one option, and that's been Trey McBride with a bullet here. 
game script should help. I mean, they're catching 12 points here. We expect them to be throwing early and often off the bye week. So if you want to play Kyler Murray over his passing yards, I get where you're headed there, thinking that they're going to be behind. I prefer to isolate Trey McBride as his number one target in that spot. Okay, back to the 49ers' weapons. George Kittle has a history of destroying the Cardinals. However, this year in the first game, only one catch for nine yards uh, in that first meeting, as I mentioned. But uh, is right now, is it just uh, the Niners have too many other options to fire on Kittle this week? Yeah, I mean, the only rule for me when it comes to the 49ers is to realize that I know nothing. Like, I would love to tell you guys <laughs> that I have a great beat on this offense. I don't. I mean, it's you're talking about Kittle. We saw him go over 85 yards in three straight games not too long ago. He follows it up with 19 yards against the Seahawks on that Thursday nighter. He had one yard earlier in the season against the Browns. If you're going to play him, I think you go alternate. You go alternate over some of his yardage totals and really juice it up so that if you you want to play as if you're going to be right. If you're going to be right on Kittle going over his number, he probably doesn't just skate by it. He flies by it with a 90-plus yard game. So that's the direction I would go if I'm going that way. But my hard-earned money, I work too hard for my money to try to guess where I'm going with these 49ers. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Let's flip this to Saturday's games. Uh, the Saturday gets things started with the Vikings and the Bengals. The ground game for the Bengals here has been getting going of late. Joe Mixon, Chase, Chase Brown. The Vikings' defense, though, is all about the blitz, and Browning has been torching the blitz so far in his young starts this season. So can we look at Jamar Chase to have a big day at over 65 and a half? half yards and flipping it back to the Vikings. Do we know what to expect from Nick Mullins? Who's getting the start? I'll address the last question first. And no, we don't. Nick Mullins has been fine for his career. You're talking seven and a half yards per attempt for his career. But I mean, that's a limited sample size. The Bengals defense is pretty vulnerable. So I'm not against banking on Mullins to be able to produce in this spot, but I'm not touching his props. As far as Jake Browning and his Bengals offense goes, <coughs> excuse me, Jamar Chase, heavily featured two weeks ago, and then he just spread the ball around last week, which I think is what we could see this week. Last week they had six players on the Bengals with three to four targets. That's not really the recipe to go over, especially when you're talking about a quarterback in Browning that averages under six air yards per throw. So I think if you're going to go this direction and you want to target the Jake Browning angle, you go no interceptions. You get that basically at even money. You mentioned the heavy blitz rate of the Vikings. That means a lot of shallow passes, which is what Browning's been doing. And those rarely get intercepted unless you're watching Thursday Night Football where, you know, the Chargers are a different story. But if that's going to be the case, I'm talking no interceptions for Browning and even money is the way I'm going in the prop market with the Bengals. Cowboys and Bills, the odds makers have uh, posted a high total here. There's conflicting weather reports in Buffalo. It's changed the last couple of days from, you know, whatever. It's it's Buffalo in December. Uh, so double-check the weather on uh, Sunday morning. But how might we attack this Cowboys and Bills games in the prop market? I think there's a few ways to go about it. And the total, as it stands right now, they're posting it right now. So they're confident in the weather. I'm going under 50. I mean, you're talking to an upstate New York kid, so I've got a good feel for what it's like up there. And it is no fun when it gets cold, wind whipping around, all that good stuff. So you've got concerns there. And both these defenses kind of moving in the right direction here. I know Buffalo's got the injuries, but they've held opponents under 25 points in five of their last six games. Dallas has held their opposition under 20 in four of their last five. If neither one of these teams – I like, I graduated with a math degree here, but I don't think you need that. If neither team gets to 25, we're not getting over 50 points in this spot. So I think under 50 is a viable play. 
And if you want to go to the prop market, Gabe Davis, under 35 and a half receiving yards, he's tough, man. He He's tough. This could go – he could have 20 or he could have 120. So that's the concern. But Dallas, second in time of possession this season, could limit the possession count for the Bills. I mentioned the weather already. He's been under this number six times already this season. I think it could be seven in a tough spot against the Cowboys. One more on this game. Uh, it does seem like – Joe Brady, the new offensive coordinator, is really wanting to feature James Cook here, even in the pass game. Uh, the last I saw, his his number was 22 and a half yards. Is that worth taking a look at for James Cook? Yeah, you're reading my mail here. I'd rather go over James Cook rush, or receiving yards than touch his rushing number. You mentioned Joe Brady and the offense that's moving that direction. We got Dawson Knox back into the mix last week, which, t- which bumps the third receiver off the field. So now you're talking two receivers and two tight ends. That opens up some explosive play potential for Cook. He was running real routes. We're not just talking those little dump-off screens. He's out in the formation running routes. That's a good spot to be, especially for a quarterback in Josh Allen. So they're trying to hone in a little bit. He's going to take his chances. He's going to put the ball in danger. But those safe passes to James Cook are gold. I like where you're headed here with James Cook over receiving yards. Matthew Stafford has been really good the last three weeks. This week he gets to go against the awful Washington secondary my concern is that the uh, he's been so good that the market value might be gone. Is there any remaining value with Stafford over props? I think the value you're kind of going with Stafford is in the DFS market, to be completely honest with you. But if we're going in the props market, you, you touched on, and I think you handicapped it well, that it's kind of been flushed out a little bit. We're talking 10 touchdown passes over his last three games. That's the most he's had in a three-game stretch. Since 2011, I mean, that was a long time ago here. Stafford playing at an elite level, nothing wrong with doing that. But, yes, it's baked in now. I'm not comfortable touching Stafford props this week, not in the overmarket at least. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Back to Saturday's games with the Steelers and the Colts. Uh, it does seem like the line here is adjusted with Zach Moss at 73 and a half yards. I know there have been some issues at times with this Steelers and their run defense, but with the way that Moss has been playing the last couple of games, is 73 and a half yards too much? See, I'm going to trust the process here. Zach Moss is playing a ton in, in the prop market, in the betting industry. All you can ask is for a guy to be on the field and let the chips fall where they may. 92% of the snaps over the last two weeks, and he's had 91% of the running back carries for the Colts in those two games. So while the production hasn't really been there, the role very much has. He's filling that Jonathan Taylor role. So I'm going over his number, 73.5. Some markets have it a little bit lower. Pitt. Pittsburgh's been average against the run this season, top 10 in rush rate over expectation when it comes to their opponents. So I think you see another 17 to 20 carries. I'm going to trust the process and say he gets to at least 75 rushing yards this week. The Dolphins passing game against the Jets defense. Uh, Obviously, offensive line injuries for Miami. Tyreek Hill status is up in the air. So uh, anything under in the uh, Miami passing game catch your attention? Not really, not right now. We've still got some injuries to deal through here. It sounds like Tyreek's going to play, but you want to monitor that. I mean, Tua looked like a different quarterback when Tyreek Hill was off the field last week. The offensive line concerns, you've got the center banged up. There's a lot of question marks right now to attack this Dolphins offense. I'd rather go the Jets' side. They're a little healthier. We know what's coming as far as they are. And if you're going to bet on the Dolphins being healthy, that means the Jets are playing from behind. So I've got Brees Hall. Over 28.5 receiving yards this week. He's got 26 targets over the past three weeks. The script should help him out 
if my if you want to gamble on Miami being healthy, again, that means the Jets are playing from behind, which means Hall's more viable as a receiver than a runner. I'm going to go Hall over 28 and a half receiving yards in this spot. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com. Joe Flacco, he's been a touchdown scoring machine uh, since he's come back off the couch. Is David Njoku, who was a big-time target last week, someone part of this game plan moving forward, 41.5 yards receiving? And then for the Bears here, Justin Fields has been playing a little bit better, but now facing this Browns defense at home. Uh, What do we do passing yards and rushing yards for Fields? You know, when it comes to Njoku, like, the volume's just been there. Ever since Deshaun Watson got injured, you're looking at almost a 30% target share, which is kind of off the charts for a tight end. I understand the backup quarterback, the equity of those throws is a little bit limited, but I don't mind going to his overs. I think that's a real thing we got going on here. Elijah Moore, obviously an option, Amari Cooper, but he prefers to go Njoku. We've seen this ever since Watson got hurt. The, your Njoku angle, I think, holds some water here. As far as Justin Fields goes, I'm going to go under. On his rushing yards right now, it's posted at 58 and a half across most of the industry. He's averaging 38 rush yards per game this season when he's not facing a top 10 blitz team or playing indoors. He's not doing either one of those things against this elite Browns front. He could get loose. He could run into some sacks. And obviously, when you're betting against Fields, you hate to see these big plays that he's capable of ripping off. I don't think he gets it done against the Browns in what I think could be an ugly, low-possession kind of game. DeAndre Hopkins, three touchdowns in his last four games. Seems like he has a good connection with Will Levis. Also, when Hopkins was with the Cardinals, he wanted to destroy his former team, the Texans. So any interest in uh, Hopkins over props or maybe uh, anytime touchdown this week against Houston? I don't mind the anytime touchdown. You're talking about a Texans defense that's second best yards per carry against the run. So they're going to have to open it up. No matter what you say, I understand they have Derrick Henry. They've got Will Levis. They don't really want to open up the offense too much, but Hopkins obviously trending in the right direction. We've seen him make some of these big plays over the stretch here ever since Will Levis took over. I don't mind the angle. I'm generally not going there here, but I do think the Titans cover the three points here. It doesn't seem like C.J. Stroud's going to play Tennessee at top 10 or the top red zone defense in the league. They looked good last week. I think they cover again this week. You have this connection building between Lamar Jackson and OBJ. You also have the Jaguars really struggling against uh, tight ends in the emergence of Isaiah, likely with Mark Andrews being out. So is there a particular direction we should go with the Ravens facing the Jags on Sunday night? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a direction to go. Everything over when it comes to Lamar Jackson. I've got him over passing yards, over touchdowns and over completions. You put all three of those together with a Ravens win, you would think if he hits all three of those, the Ravens are sitting pretty here. Plus 625 if you string those four bets together. Obviously, you need a lot to go right in that spot. But, yeah, I mean, he's showing the connection. Isaiah likely is the real deal at tight end, an athlete in space. Odell Beckham seems to have found the fountain of youth to at least some degree. Zay Flowers looking better here. And Todd Munkin, we've seen his offense when he was at Georgia. The pass game really thrived late in the season. Lamar Jackson, 43 pass attempts, a season high last week. If that continues, could see a lot of Lamar, could see his MVP ticket price improve in a significant way and cash nice little SGP for us this week. Okay, last up for me, the Falcons' passing game has been awful, especially on the road, but the Panthers can't stop the run. Uh, so Desmond Ritter, I don't think he's going to have to throw very often. Arthur Smith wants to run, so maybe some under props involving the Falcons' pass game. Is that something? Am I crazy there? No, I think you're on a right track there. The Falcons very rarely are going to be 
playing in a positive game script where they it justifies them to sit on the ball. Arthur Smith loves doing that. Even if they're behind 20, he's happy to sit on the ball. That shouldn't be the case <laughs> against the Panthers this week. So I'm fine with anything Falcon under-related. If you want to go that direction, be it Ritter, be it London, be it Pitts, anything like that, no issues there. I've got the Panthers under 15 and a half points in this game, so that would kind of fuel the game script that it would require for the Falcon under in a passing game to come through. Kyle, before we let you go here, is there anything we haven't touched on touched on that you would like to note? Uh, anytime touchdown, scorer, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards? I mean, we could go any direction here, but I, I think an interesting angle to go when it comes to kind of the prop market and trying to get plus money and see what you can do here. I'm looking at this Commanders-Rams game, and if you bet either team to score on their first drive, you're going to profit as long as one does it. There's a chance both do it, but the Commanders right now going off the plus 170 to get an offensive score on their first possession. The Rams are plus 125. So if you get one of those, you've got a nice little 25% profit. You get both of them, we're cooking. Your Sunday's looking good. That's where I'm targeting in a kind of a unique way to get into the prop market this week. Appreciate it, Kyle. Happy holidays to you, and we look forward to catching up with you uh, down the road. Thanks. Can't wait. Let's have a big week 15. Absolutely. Once again, he is Kyle Soppy. Follow all of their work over at uh, pfnbetting.com. He's with Pro Football Network. It is time, though. It is time for the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. If you are caller number three today, 602-260-1060, you are today's winner, 602-260-1060. When you win today, make sure you come with your weekend bet. We're looking for five in a row. Yeah, we're looking for five in a row. And we're looking to hit 12 wins so far in the season. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, certified Angus Beef Choice Grill Steak at $14.99 a pound, fresh all-natural pork country-style ribs at $3.99 a pound, an 8-ounce boneless chicken skewers, butcher's blend, or rosemary garlic at 2 for $12. Those are the weekend specials, 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler, vonhansensmeats.net. Caller 3-602-260-1060. We get into poll questions next. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kent's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. here on KDUS AM 1060. It is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock. Final show of 2023. Sports Zone back with you on January 2nd. The Extra Point with you on January 3rd. Congratulations to our winner of the Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits gift card. The play for the weekend, which we will be dissecting here momentarily as part of our poll question, is 49ers minus 12 and a half. So we'll get into the poll question here, KDOS1060.com. The Cardinals are hosting the 49ers. It's a 2.05 start Sunday on CBS. Who do you have, Cardinals plus 12.5 or 49ers minus 12.5? This is going to sound bad. I'm on, I'm on the Cardinals, <laughs> so I'm on the other side here. So i got the Cardinals, and I'll be real brief here. I've got the uh, the Niners are going to win the game. I have the Niners 31 to 20, but you know, point spread involved, and this number has actually come down from 14 in a couple places in the early number last week uh, to 13 and a half, and now 12 and a half. I even saw 11 and a half this morning. 
at least in one casino in Nevada. So might even get closer to, to you know, down, might move even down further as far as a consensus number before game time. I think the Cardinals are certainly highly unlikely to win the game, but I think they cover for at least three reasons. One, they're coming off of a bye, and it seems that they're relatively healthy coming off of that bye. Uh, two, the Niners are going to likely be without some defensive starters, including obviously you know, their two starting defensive tackles and maybe their starting quarter, cornerback, their best corner in Ward. And then the Niners also next week, in fact, on Christmas night, they host the Ravens on Monday night football on Christmas night. So a little look ahead maybe for them. So throw all those things together, and I think the Cardinals cover the 12 and a half. Yeah, so the Cardinals' defense giving up 84 yards per game to wide receiver one this season is certainly not great. We've talked about how many different weapons that the 49ers have to be able to to use. You can be beat by Ayuk, you can beat by Kittle, you can beat by Samuel, can be beat by uh, McCaffrey. The offense is just really humming right now, uh, so it could be absolutely anyone at this point. Fun fact here, though, Kyler Murray hasn't played the 49ers since October of 2021, and it was a 17 to to 10 win for the Cardinals at that point. He's been uh, injured a couple of different times. I think there's been a Colt McCoy start, a David Blau start, and then Josh Dobbs earlier on in the year. Uh, the 49ers, though, sometimes it's a team that feels like it's struggling a little bit, and then all of a sudden you blink and you're down 14. You're down 17. So it feels like it can come at you really fast. Uh the injuries, though, that defensive injury list for the 49ers is really uh, concerning uh, just because there's so many different key players there being able to get that line uh, in addition to Dre Greenlaw popping up on the injury report. But with all of that kind of said here, I do think that the 49ers are the most complete team in football. I don't see that stopping on Sunday. So I say 49ers minus 12 and a half. Okay. So you're on the side of the caller there. I am, right. and I can't believe we're disagreeing ahead of our holiday event. You know, we're we're headed off into who's going to win the battle of 2023. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's I don't think this is the determining factor this game, though. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Think you've, think, think, you've, think you've already won 2023. Uh, the masses, though, are on your side. Cardinals plus 12.5 at 68% of the vote. 49ers minus 12.5 at 32%. That's KDOS1060.com's poll question. Passing this on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Who wins the U of A Purdue basketball showdown on Saturday at Indianapolis? U of A or Purdue? Uh, so. You know, U of A is number one ranked, Purdue number two ranked. Purdue set to be closer to home despite it being a neutral court, so maybe that has something to do with this here. Also, if you want to get real nitty-gritty with it, Purdue technically has more quad one wins than the U of A does at this particular moment. I think this will be a fun game to determine, you know, who's going to kind of be number one heading into 2024. I'm going to say Purdue. Yeah, I'm on Purdue, too. I'm going to go 81-78. to 78. I think this is actually a really good game schedule-wise for the U of A, uh, which you know, certainly they're not going to play a very good conference schedule because uh, the Pac-12 looks like it's really bad this year in basketball. Playing in the uh, – this is going to be a hostile environment in the state of Indiana. Um, you know, not, not the hostile environment if they're playing at Purdue. West Lafayette, that's one of the best basketball home courts in college basketball you know, even stronger than McHale and Tucson. But they're not playing there, but there are plenty of Purdue people that will be in Indianapolis for this game. 
So that's a negative. But it's a good thing for the U of A to play in an environment like this. They already won at Duke. Even though that Duke win looks worse and worse every game that Duke plays, unfortunately, for the U of A. That's hurt the U of A power ranking because Duke has lost some games or not played well in some games that you would expect them to do some damage and win comfortably, and that hasn't happened in every game for Duke. So this is a really good game for the U of A. They also played two really good opponents <clears throat> Excuse me, after this with Alabama and uh, in Florida Atlantic. Uh, coming up before the Pac-12 schedule, so that's good. Uh, we'll find out. I'm not completely sold on the U of A's defensive improvement. Certainly, you know, personnel-wise, they definitely are. With Creasa and uh, Tubelis gone, that immediately makes them better defensively. Uh, so we'll see. Purdue has some offensive weapons. How do they handle Zach Eady? That'll be fun to see how they deal with him. Uh, he's not just a 7'5 guy. He's a skilled, a big guy with skill. He's got basketball skills. So this will be fun. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, unless you have Peacock, you're not going to be able to watch it. I was going to say, going to be fun and have to find a radio station to listen to the game. Or the Big Ten Network, I'm certain, will carry this game early next week. Or, you know, they do the replays on, you know, you, you know for instance, you know, the, you know, I used this earlier. I'm going to use it one more time quickly. You know, when Ohio State played a game on Peacock against Purdue in football this year, uh, they had the replay of that game on the following Tuesday. The masses are on the U of A side of things at 52.9% of the vote. Purdue trailing at 47.1% over on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. On the other side of the break, we wrap up this Friday, December 15th edition of the Extra Point. Bob, I have it all queued up, ready to go to take us out to break to end the 2023 uh, extravaganza that is the sports zone and extra points. So we'll do all of that next. Of course, the Suns are hosting the Knicks tonight. We'll touch on that a little bit in addition to some more things happening here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Suggest you download the app, register. Key component there is register. There's still time to get yourself entered for some pretty sweet hoops tickets available to you. That's through the KDOS 1060 app. But we wrap it up next. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. edition of the extra point here on kdos am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app bob kemp kayla mortolaro here with you and it's that time once again bob it is thank you time and as always we thank everybody in 2023 for listening special thanks to the callers emailers tweeters texters whomever and whatever else slipped through the cracks also our guest today a Cardinals 49ers preview with long sports zone guests, uh, Matt Mayoko of uh, NBC Sports Bay Area. Also, our weekly NFL prop bet segment today was Kyle Sapi from Pro Football Network. 
Sound today, courtesy of CBS, Fox, Fox, I'll get this right, CBS, Fox, ESPN, and Amazon Prime Video. Maybe I won't get it right. As always, special thanks to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Uh, next from 1 to 3 p.m. is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5. The Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster-Bierstein from 5 to 6. And as we've pointed out a couple of times this week, this is our final show of 2023. The Sports Zone will be back on Tuesday, January 2nd. Extra point following suit on Wednesday, January 3rd, recapping all of the college football playoff action and uh, getting ourselves ready for the final regular season week in the NFL, but there's play-by-play action for you next week. Uh, ASU women's basketball, NAU men's basketball. We have plenty of uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day action with the NFL, so head on over to KDOS1060.com and check out our live sports schedule for all of that that's upcoming here uh, on KDOS AM 1060 to round out 2023. The Suns. They are hosting the Knicks tonight. It's an 8 p.m. game on ESPN. It'll be the second game that the big three is set to play together. Uh, So you'd have to think that there's supposed to be a little bit more continuity developing here amongst those three players. Then you also have to hope that uh, things are starting to trend in the right direction for Eric Gordon as well as Grayson Allen because those two players uh, did not play on Wednesday. Yeah, I don't know if we uh, could we have an NBA prop bet segment. I would uh, Jalen Brunson over uh, the Cardinals. The Cardinals. The Suns have been awful in uh, guards that can penetrate, and get in the paint, and he's maybe the best in the league at doing that. So good luck with the Suns tonight. However, the Knicks have lost three straight road games, and the Suns have a losing record at home. So who knows? Uh, yes, it has been interesting that the Suns have not uh, been as good at home as maybe in years past. Well, I mean, it's, when you don't rebound consistently and you can't stop anybody in any time of a game that matters, that's going to happen, I guess. And I don't think that's going to change with the current roster. Uh, because they need to take advantage of this homestand, too, because they've had five games at home. Uh, and so they'll have the, the fourth one here tonight. And then the fifth one will be on Sunday when they host the Wizards. And the Wizards are uh, not playing good basketball. And they've lost uh, the Suns have lost two of the first three games in this five game homestand. Uh, We talked about it. U of A men's basketball facing Purdue. That's a Saturday uh, tip-off, 2.30 p.m. on Peacock. Then ASU men's basketball, they are playing TCU. That's Saturday at 7 p.m. on ESPNU. Yeah, that game's in uh, Fort Worth. It's not on the cam- it's not at the campus arena for TCU, but it's like five seconds away from there at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth. So, uh, solid TCU crowd. They've had a really good program of late. Uh, I've not seen them play yet this year, but we'll see how that goes. And it's a rematch, even though almost none of the players are still on these two teams from last year in the NCAA tournament when TCU eliminated ASU. Yeah, that was a that was a I don't want to say fun because you know if you're well, an ASU fan, fan it didn't have the outcome yeah. you wanted, but it was a fun game. That was actually one of the best games ASU played last season, and unfortunately, they just played a team that made more shots in the last couple of minutes. 
Yeah, that is true indeed. Uh, so when it comes, though, to some of the other things that are happening here uh, around sports, you have the bowl games, which we've d- talked about that uh, we're a little bit despondent about because of just all the different opt-outs, etc. So really mainly excited for and focused on uh, the January 1st contest with Alabama, Michigan, and Texas and Washington. That's true. I will say I'm going to watch a lot of college basketball the last couple of weeks because I haven't watched hardly any of it so far. And from here on out, uh, when we come back after the new year, after we get past the January 2nd show, which are going to be a lot of what happens on the college football playoffs on January 1st, I'll be really heavy into college basketball from then until the NCAA tournament concludes in April. So we had alluded to this in yesterday's show and playing a little Christmassy bumper music, holiday music. Bob and his love for Bruce Springsteen, you're seeing him soon. We have to conclude with Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay. Thank you very much for doing this again. Of course. <laughs> and thanks for thanks for everybody out there for listening in 2023. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Echoing those sentiments. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, there's been, you know, in 2023, we had a Super Bowl here uh, in the state of Arizona. We've had a lot of fun playoff runs. We've had a lot of changes for, you know, teams, uh, what they look like, what they don't look like. And it's been a lot of fun to be able to bring all of the coverage to you. Friday spread has absolutely been a highlight getting to go through all of the games. We're doing really well. Excited for the possibilities there for some money going going to charity at season's end. Uh, the w- the winner for the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits this weekend is on the 49ers minus 12 and a half. But as a reminder, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, they're located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. Their weekend specials, certified Angus beef choice grill steak at $14.99 a pound, fresh all-natural pork country style ribs at $3.99 a pound, eight ounce boneless chicken skewers, butcher's blend, or rosemary garlic at two for $12. Visit them, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler and Von Hansen's meatsandspirits.net. Happy holidays, everyone. Looking forward to returning with you, the Sports Zone January 2nd and the Extra Point January 3rd. Be safe, everyone, and we'll talk to you then. He sees you when you're sleeping.